Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast. We're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This one's titled Labor of Love and was preached September 6th, 2020 at our church located at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Lake Homo. We invite you to visit us. We meet every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for morning worship services. And now here's our pastor, Philip Kuntz, with Labor of Love. Let us all turn to the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, chapter 1, as we're going to read verses 2 and 3. And when you find that, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word. First Thessalonians chapter two, excuse me, I just misspoke it. Uh, First Thessalonians chapter one, verses two and three says this. We give thanks to God always for you all, mincing you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love and patient hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. We give thanks to God always for you all, missing you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patient hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our, and our Father. You know, when you love something, when you love something, when you love someone, you don't mind working for them. You don't. When you love someone, you parents know this. When you love someone, you don't mind working for them. You don't mind that. You don't mind it at all. You don't mind it because you love them. You don't mind working for them. You don't mind giving of yourself. You do that when you love your family. You do that when you love your friends. You like to give for them. You like to do for them. That's, that's what happens when you love them. You'll give of the sweat of your brow. You'll give of everything you have. This is what we see this at Christmas time. You know, you do. You know, you'll give and give and give. You can see it from a mama at Thanksgiving. Boy, oh boy. Boy, they know how to give and they know how to give because you see it. You see it when you get back on that scale. Mama sure knows how to give. The fact of the matter is, is if they give from love, they give of themselves. This is called they labor for the people they love. They love to labor for them. They work for the people they love. Mothers know literally how to labor. They went through labor for those that they love, for their children. That's the labor of love. They love them so much. Fathers do it too, though. Fathers, they didn't go through labor in that sense, but they, they labor for those kids. A, a, a father, a true father, a true daddy, labors for those kids. Takes care of those kids. That's a true mama and daddy. They labor for the ones they love. By the way, family, true family, labors for those they love. Those, and not just for family, by the way, for friends too. I've had friends who've labored to take care of me. Those here in this church have labored for others here. We who love the church, we labor to take care of the church. There are people out there who will labor to take care of those that they love. When you love someone, when you love things, you'll labor to take care of it. If you love this country, you labor to take care of the, the, of the country. When you love America, you're going to labor to protect the country, not destroy it. 
It's a labor of love. And that is the title of today's sermon. Labor of love. You give, not begrudgingly, lovingly, for nothing in return. Nothing in return. That's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. That's today's sermon. A labor of love. What does labor of love mean? Well, here's the definition. To work voluntarily. Work voluntarily. Undertaken or performed for the pleasure of it. Just for the pleasure of it. Or for the benefit of a loved one. And that's the definition. Work voluntarily, undertaken or performed for the pleasure of it, or for the benefit of a loved one. You know, some people, when they talk about labor of love, they talk about their job. Or or when they have a job that they love so much. I love my job, some people will say. I love my job. Or if they have something they love to do. If they have a hobby, that's their labor of love. Some people's job is a hobby, in a sense, a football player. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a uh, very blessed man. He was given a gift. I love Patrick Mahomes. He is a, uh, a good Christian brother of ours, and he has a very give, blessed gift. He, could, he gets to have a labor of love in his job. I'm, I'm happy for him. He gets to go out there and throw that football. He gets a lot of money for it, and that's wonderful that God has blessed him with that ability. And he can go out there and do that. He has a labor of love in his job. That's wonderful. That's outstanding. The fact of the matter is that some people do that with their job. They have a labor of love. But there's another truth, and that is that we love to show our labor of love when we show our love to others and show the love of what we do and the love for those that we have love for. That's a labor of love. We are to show the love of the Lord God in all that we do. That should be our true labor of love. And so there is a question. In all that we say and all that we do, do we show the true labor of love for the Lord God? We should. We should. We don't always, but we should. We should show a labor of love towards the Lord God. I love the Lord. I love him so much. I love to serve the Lord. I love it. I don't always love doing it because it takes a lot of work. And But what I mean by that? I don't love serving God? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is sometimes while serving him, it takes a lot of work and it hurts. Sometimes it takes a lot out of my mind. It takes a lot of sweat. It takes a lot of of pain. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot out of me. But even when doing it, it's worth every second. It feels so good. I used to get to go to the gym, and I plan on doing it again. I do. I do. I do. Lord willing. Lord willing. Going, I, I must tell you, I must tell you this. I love, hated doing it so much. I love, hated it. I love, hated getting up and going to the gym. I love, hated it more than anything in the world. I love, hated getting up early. I love, hated it. I don't want to say hated because that's not a real word. But I love, hated it because it hurt to get up early. It hurt to get up and get dressed. And I didn't just have to get dressed. I had to wrap myself around with so many things. And, so, and I'd go out and I have gloves. And I, anyway, I'd go out there. And I start running, and when I start running, oh my goodness, and I've just been covered in sweat by the time I was done, and it hurts so bad physically. Oh, but the joy when I was done, I felt so good when I was done. I'm the same way when it comes to serving God sometimes. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I don't want to pick up the Word of God because sometimes I'm so lazy. Sometimes I don't want to get to running with the Word. You can think of it like a treadmill. Sometimes I don't want to get on that treadmill of the Word. Sometimes I'd rather be lazy and lay down and watch a show or something else, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pick up the treadmill of the word. I'm going to do it. It's a labor of love because once you get going, 
Ooh, you can't put it down. Oh, you can't. And that should be a labor of love because I love God more than I love me. And that's the way it has to be. We need to put God what? First. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 6.10 says this, For God is not unjust, so as to forget your work and labor of love that you have shown for his name and that you have ministered to the saints and continue to continue ministering. God sees all that you do. Now, we don't do it to get. We don't do it to get, but to give for God because we love God and we need to put him what? First. When we love, we need to live for the Lord God. We need to show our labor of love because we love God that much. Yes, we need to love God always. And as it says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and man, I love this verse. It's a tremendous verse, a true verse. It needs to be true in our life. And you shall love the Lord God, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with what? All of your might. Jesus himself quoted this. You remember? Yes, he sure did. So we are to love what? God first and then others and then yourself. Yes, others. Yes, your spouse. Then the rest of your family. Then your friends. And then your enemies. Even your enemies before yourself. That doesn't include Satan, by the way. No, 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 no. When he said enemies, he was talking about other human beings. I've said this before. I've said it before, okay? And I'll say it again. I will. I promise. Probably a thousand times before I die. But the point is this. The point is you are to put yourself last. Oh, that's not nice. We're supposed to have self-respect. Well, we already know all that. We know all that. But you're still supposed to treat it with love. We're supposed to do all these things. Pastor, this is not even Valentine's Day, and you're talking about love. Well, there's a reason. Because right now, right now in this world, people are going out there treating people with disrespect. They're talking to people down to people all the time. There is no love in the way people are talking to other people. They're being disrespectful. They're speaking down. Even Christians many times are saying, oh, well, now I'm going to slam folks. No respect. No, we're going to speak up and talk down. No, no, we're not to do that. As Christians, we need to be loving. We need to show love. We see people going out there right now. We see what they're doing. We see them destroying things. That's not loving. That's not of God. That's not the way the Lord Jesus Christ wants it. I see people continuously online talking about Christ wants us to stand up. He wants us to tear things down. He, no, he does not. Christ is about love. Christ is about consideration. Christ is not about destroying. Christ is not about those things. Let's not destroy his name by destroying things in his name. We're not to be about that. We're about to be about love. We're to love God first and then others in his name. That's how we're to be. But we see people putting themselves before others by allowing their emotions to get the better of them. That's putting yourself before the Lord God. Never do that. It's about putting yourself before others. No, never do that. We're not to be that way, ever. We're to live by the golden rule. What is the golden rule? Well, we know what it is. I, I, I quote it all the time. I live by it continuously. Matthew 7, 12. And by the way, that's not the only one. Not just Matthew 7, 12. Luke 6, 31. What do they say? You know what they say. You know what they say. Do we really have to hear it again? Sure we do. And we're going to. So hang on. Here we go. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So if you want others to come to your house and burn it down, okay, I guess you're doing okay then. If you want other people to treat you with disrespect and curse at you and kick at you and call you horrible things and treat you with disrespect, I guess we're doing okay then. If you want people to 
treat you horrible, mean. I guess people in the world right now are doing okay. I don't think so. If Christians want people to, to other Christians want people to treat them horrible, bad, and misquote the Bible, I guess we're doing all right, right? Wrong. We're to treat people with what? Love, compassion. That's what Jesus did. And then people misquote that a lot of times. Say, no, Jesus didn't do that. He was pretty mean with people. No, you're misquoting that. You're going to when he was speaking to the Pharisees who were misquoting the word. That's what he did. He was putting people in the place that they needed to be in so they wouldn't hurt the name of God. We need to be loving, even those we don't understand, even those that we don't agree with. We need to show as much love and consideration as we possibly can. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you do need to show them compassion. We have to. We have to. You represent Jesus. Remember this. But that's all New Testament. What about the Old Testament? It never said anything like that. Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad that you said that. I really am. Because let's look at the Old Testament for just a minute. The Old Testament, God was all about killing. He was all about destroying. At least that's what the world thinks. Let's take a look now at Leviticus 19.18. God said this, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Whoa. Wait a minute. Didn't that go right along with what Jesus said? Yeah, because Jesus is God. It's in the Old and New Testament. So in other words, the golden rule goes through the Old and New. It's the entire word. The golden rule, it covers the whole shebang. The golden rule covers it all. And woo, it should cover our whole life. The Old and the New. Ha, ha, ha. It covers it all. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. It should cover it all. That's not so easy to do, though, is it? There's times in my life I don't want to live by the golden rule. There's times in my life, I'm not going to lie to you. There's times that people are mean to me, and I don't want to do the golden rule. There's times that I have wanted to treat people mean. I'm not going to lie to you about that. There's times that people have kicked me in the shin, and quite frankly, I says, do unto others as they did to me. Kick him right back. But that's not what God tells me to do. So, but Lord, they hurt my shin. Can I please do back to them like they did to me? This is how they want me to treat them because they did it to me first. And I want to do to them like they did to me because I want to be very thoughtful. And they did it to me. So let me please be thoughtful and give a gift back to them. I got a real good gift for God says, no, you can't do that. Oh, but I'm so good at it. No, you can't. You got to be a better example than that. Oh, and then that little spoiled brat in me is mad about it. But you can't. You got to be better than that. Oh man, that's hard to do, isn't it? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm the only spoiled brat like that. Maybe I'm the only one who has some of the flesh in me still at times. Maybe I'm the only one who has words that shouldn't be in his head. But here's the thing: the Holy Spirit says, "No, don't." And then there's been times that this ignorant wretch at times has given in to that temptation. And then you know what happens? It feels good for a smidge of a split second. Oh, I did it. I got him. And then it comes out. And the moment you say it, the very one who did well, I've said it to you before. The very one who tempts you to say it, the very one who tempts you to say it, is the very one who says, oh, and you're supposed to be a good Christian. And you say, oh, why did I do that? Because you didn't listen to the Spirit. You know you shouldn't have said it. You know you shouldn't have. Oh, boy, boy. 
And by the way, the neighbor, the neighbor, the very one who's been treating you bad, is looking towards you for the example of Jesus. And even though they may not show you respect, they respect you. They do. They may not tell you they do. They respect you. It's not you they respect. It's he who lives within you. Amen. James, Jesus' brother, incidentally, James 2.8. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. You are doing well. I've been told recently I was a fool for loving certain folks. And there are certain folks that I don't want to love sometimes. <laughs> it's hard. I don't always want to do it. No. No. I'm not being a fool. No. It hurts. It's hard to do. Especially when they're cursing at you, saying the most hurtful, hateful, terrible things. It's not foolish. Maybe I don't always handle it right. But I'll tell you this. It's harder to show love than it is to not. Because we all want to say things, but we, we can't, can't do it. Romans, we see what Paul says here. He says it twice. He says it in Romans and Galatians. In Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10, it says this, and this is a good one. Owe no one anything except, listen now, owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not covet. And if there are any other commandments are summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love works no evil to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Every single one of those commandments are fulfilled by love. Love. Love is difficult in this world right now. Very difficult, but we can do it. Not we, but he through us if we give in to him. Amen. Galatians 5.14, I love this too. For the entire law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Didn't we just read that? Yes, it was Paul. But he was speaking to the Romans and to those of Galatia. It is hard work in this world, as we've been saying. It's very hard work. It's very, very hard work because we want to surrender to sin, to flesh, the ways of the world. There's constant temptation, too. There really is. There's constant temptation. Things you see online, things you see on TV, people saying things to you, snotty comments. And I, I like that phrase, snotty comments, because it is true. People say snide things to you. Oh, well, you must be. Uh, there's things you want to say back. And, oh, I've got a whole slew of them back here. I mean, it's, it's like little bullets. I got things I want to say. And I've been wrong to do it. A lot of times I get rid of them real quick if I have, you know, if, I, if I've texted things a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times I've gotten rid of them real quick. But I always pay the price if I don't get rid of it. I have to pay the price because we're to be representations of Jesus, not representations of a smart mouth. And it's not smart to have a smart mouth a lot of times, I'll be honest with you. We have to be very careful. Oh, but is that really right? Well, let's see what Jesus Christ says about that in Luke 6, 35. But love your enemies and do good and lend hoping, excuse me, and lend hoping for nothing in return. Oh, Lord Jesus, why would you have to say this to me now? Why would you have, I had a really good comeback and you have to say this to me now. Yeah, because listen what else he says. He says, 
hoping for nothing in return, but then your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the highest, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And remember, you were once right there, unsaved, unlovable, hateful, despiteful, on your way to hell. What if your folks, whoever it might have been, who helped to talk to you about Jesus, decided that you were unlovable and didn't need to be witnessed to and loved and brought to Christ? What if you were the one that someone said, I don't want to talk to that hateful heathen? You would still be on the way to hell. Amen? Praise God, they decided that you were still worth witnessing to and showing love to and consideration to, and they realized it wasn't your fault that you were ignorant. And you were. But now you know the truth because the truth is Jesus Christ who lives within you. Because really, the intelligence isn't ours. It's his. Praise God. It says in Romans 12, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, which means the, the sad. Do not pretend to be wiser than you are. We as Christians need to realize we're not the wise ones. We're not the ones that are so brilliant. Now, I realize that's going to take a lot when you look at me. To realize that all the brilliance doesn't come from this extremely wise man. It doesn't come from me, folks. Any wisdom I have doesn't come from me. I don't know many of you are thinking right now, oh, we already figured that one out. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, is it's not mine. Any wisdom that has come to me is from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. And the same to you. When we were saved, we were like infants. An infant is born and knows nothing. And knows nothing, but through time, you learn more and you learn more and more. The Holy Spirit is the same way. It teaches you more and more and more. The Holy Spirit does. The same will be for them when they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to treat them like infants, babies, and love them. And look at them as little ones. I've never met a baby I didn't love, not once. Oh, even those in the dirty diapers. I love, they may stink, but I love them. In fact, I may look at them and say, come here, you little stinker. I'll hold you. I'll take care of you. I know you can't help it that you're covered in disgust. I, don't, I wouldn't literally say that to the little ones, but I will say to the little ones out there in the world, and we need to do the same. It's not their fault that they're covered in filth. They don't understand. They don't understand. They're setting in sewage, and they don't know. They don't realize. Oh, they think they're brilliant, just like little babies think they're brilliant. You see them trying to walk face first. Yeah, they're not as brilliant as they think. The world is the same, exact same. Well, we'll continue to read here. We're not to be prideful. It's not our wisdom. It's God's wisdom that we need. First John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Fact is, we don't know God in the sense like we know one another. We don't see him, but we do see one another. We should be able to show God's love to everyone. 1 John 3, 17, whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, but closes his heart of compassion for him, 
how can the love of God remain in him? This is talking about giving physical things to people when they're in need. But I'm not actually talking about that at the moment. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about spiritual things. If you see the people of the world right now who don't have the spiritual things they need, continue to show them love. Okay, so you can draw a horse to water and you can't force it to drink. We understand that. But here's the thing. You can at least draw those people to the spiritual water. Bring them to the spiritual holy water. And if they decide not to drink of it, that's not your fault. But you can at least show them the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. Show it to them. But if you're not going to show it to them, that you can be held responsible for. If you're going to be hateful and mean and act like they act, behave like they behave, live like they live, that you will be held responsible for when you stand before the Lord God. I will be too. All of us will be. We are to allow Jesus to be seen. Let others see Jesus in us. We have to. It's so hard. We talked about this not that long ago. But the fact of the matter is, is right now, more than ever, we need to be reminded of this. Maybe we need to remind ourselves every single day, remind ourselves of this very, very fact. When we see it all the time, all the horrible things that are happening, we need to remember that this is hard labor. It's hard work. It's hard labor, but it needs to be a labor of love, a labor of love, the labor of the love of God that we do this for the love of God, for the love of God. We need to continue to do this every single day. The world needs the wisdom and the love of God. But how? How are they going to do this? This is how Ephesians 4, 2, with all humility and meekness and patience, bearing with one another in love. This is not easy. It's hard work. It's hard labor. Or Ephesians 4, 32, not just Ephesians 4, 2, but Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. When I was a kid, I was mocked for being so tenderhearted. My favorite Care Bear, there's Care Bear used to be an old cartoon and, and toy, and Tenderheart was my favorite. I met him in person the day he used to have these bears walking around, and I got to meet one at uh, vi uh, Video Exchange, the, old, the first video store around here. I got to meet him, got to hug him, thought he was great. I was ignorant. But the fact is, I loved him. And my dad told me later on, he says, you're very tenderhearted too, you know. I didn't understand what that meant. Now I see it. God uses a tender heart. And, he, and I pray and hope that all Christians have a tender heart because we need to have a tender heart. We truly, truly do. We need to be tenderhearted as Christians. We need to be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ also forgave you. Colossians 3.14 Paul says, and above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. It's the bond of perfection. We need to remember this. Jesus Christ himself says this in John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have loved one another, or excuse me, if you love one another. And one last thing about this, and that is this. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all things, have unfailing love for one another, because love covers what? 
a multitude of sins. That's right. There's a multitude of sins are covered by it. And we as Christians, we must labor to show God's love. It's a continuous thing. We must labor to show God's love. It's not going to be easy for you Christians. It's not going to be, oh, then why would I want to be a Christian? <laughs> well, we can't help ourselves. The only way to heaven is to be saved by the blood of Jesus. It's not by our works that we're saved. But when we're saved, we want to labor. We want to work to show our love for Jesus. We labor not to get to heaven, but we labor because we're on our way to heaven. I say it again, not to get to heaven, but because we're getting to heaven, we labor. Because we want to show the same love that God has for us, we want to show it back. We don't labor to get there. We labor because we're getting there. And that is why we as Christians must show our love towards God. We love him so much we can't help ourselves. When you love someone, you simply must. You can't control it. It's like saying, why do you breathe? I have to. I have to labor for God. I have no choice. And if today you don't labor for God because you don't want to, then you got a problem. And you better look at your heart. You better make sure that heart has God in it. You say, I believe in God. That's not enough. You just believe in him. Satan believes in him too. And he sure don't love God. You better make sure you've asked Jesus in your heart and that he is in there. Because if you truly love the Lord God, and maybe you have asked Jesus in your heart, but perhaps you're just not living for him right now. And you better make sure that you get to the pumping again. Make sure that you're getting to going again and living for him. Labor for him. Make sure that everything's going the way it ought to be going. 1 John 4, 7 through 11 says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice of, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. If you are the Lord Jesus Christ and you have him living within you, show his love to everyone else. Don't worry about being right. Don't worry about being right about what you say in arguments and all of that. Get away from all that. Show the love of Jesus Christ because it is more important that they be correct in the sense that they are right and in the right place when eternity is coming about. Be making sure that you are showing them the right way to be, not because you are right, but because Jesus Christ is right and he is living within you and you are living the correct way because of Jesus. That is what counts. Hebrews 10, 24 says we must consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not because of good works getting us to heaven, but because, of, like I said before, not to get to heaven, but because we're getting to heaven. We want to do good works for the Lord. And there's different words they use in this verse. I love it. There's certain words that says to stir up one another, to spur up one another. I like it. I like it. I like it. Get, let's spur each other up. Let's do it. Let's get to stirring. There are fruits in our labor. What does that mean, fruits of labor? There are fruits in your labor, and it'll be worth it. The labor is worth it because of the fruits that come from it. There are fruits that come from our labor. 
Love is always worth it. And Christ will always win. The labor is always worth it. Love is always worth it. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, while I go, I read to you 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Let's look what verse 12 says from 1 John chapter 4. It says this, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. His love is perfected in us. That's a fruit. That's a fruit. That's a fruit that is produced in us. You hear what I'm saying? That he is perfected in us. And that is because of the love of the Lord God. Hallelujah. It says in 1 John 3.18, My little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and in truth. Praise the Lord God. By our actions, we are what? Known. Amen. That's the fruit. From labor equals produce. That's the fruit we're talking about. People go out every day into the farms. And by their actions, they are planting. They're planting. These farmers, they plant and they plant. And they bring out fruits and vegetables and all sorts of wonderful things. And they produce things. Well, you're the the same way. You're the same way. You labor, and so produce comes, fruit comes, other things come. Galatians chapter 5 tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. And this comes when you live for the Lord. You receive fruit, whether that be love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. You get this. This is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You receive these things because of the Holy Spirit living within you. You will see great fruits that come from your actions for the Lord. Recently, there was a reminder to certain people, things that they weren't even aware of that was brought to them, brought to them because of things they've done for the Lord God. There was a reminder even recently of someone who was living for the Lord God, serving as a Sunday school teacher, and they was reminded of something that they had done. They didn't even remember it. And suddenly, this great reminder of one of the fruits that were brought to them, something they had done for a student, and it was brought back to the reminder because they realized there was a fruit that came from their service, from their labor. We need to remember this, that even though we don't always remember all the labor, God will remind us of the labor we've done for him. And that is a labor of what? Of love. That's right. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done with love. Jesus labored for those that he loved. Not just in the obvious that he labored and lived here on this earth for us. And he did. He did. He didn't have to come to this earth, but he did because he loved us. He knew there was no other way into heaven. But when he was on this earth, we remember that he labored for the disciples. You remember how he washed the feet? He did. That was a labor, a labor of love. He showed them symbols from it. The women who were around showed labor of love to Christ when they washed his feet and even with their hair. There were people who made meals for him. That's a labor of love. Remember, a labor of love will always be brought back to you. God brings it back with the produce. We don't do it for those reasons. We don't do it for those reasons. But God always brings it back. Christ always wins out, and we do when we serve him. 1 Thessalonians 1.3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience, hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, 
And one last thing before we close in prayer today. One last thing. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We are all going to labor in this world. We are going to labor. We're either going to labor hard in this world, hard labor physically, which we will do. It's going to happen. Or we're going to labor in the flesh. It's going to be hard work. Laboring in emotion and in the flesh, falling to sin. Or you're going to hand yourself over to the Lord God. Instead of falling to that, you're going to labor in the spirit and a labor of love to the Lord. And allow him to bless your life. The next time that we fall, we can stand back up again and labor in love and see what the Lord God will give us with that. Because when we labor in love, his love will come right back and bless us tenfold. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name today. We thank you so very much, Lord God, for loving us. Despite all the mistakes that we have made in this world, despite all the mistakes in this world, Lord God, we praise your holy name. Because, Lord God, you look past all that. We pray right now that you will help us to continue to follow you. Lord God, we pray that we will be able to give you a labor of love today, tomorrow, the next day, and every day following. That we will die to ourselves today and give ourselves to you. Lord God, I pray for every single person who is here with us today. And for all those who could not physically be here today, who are with us, Lord God whether it be through Facebook or YouTube, Lord, I pray that you be with them. I pray, Lord God, for those who couldn't be here today and are at home. Lord, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you be with them. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone today who is ill, I pray, great physician, that you touch their bodies, that you will heal them, Lord God. And Lord God, more than anything, I pray for your will upon our lives. I pray, Lord God, that we will remember your great love for us and that we will show you our love by following you. I pray all this in Jesus' most holy and precious name. Amen and amen.